Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From Equity Mates Media, this is The Dive. I'm your host, Sasha Kelly. We all remember buying our first lipstick. Well, maybe you don't, but if makeup was something you were interested in, getting your foundation matched, buying that first eyeshadow palette, it was a big deal. My first products, they came from Revlon. Not exciting, but ubiquitous. They're in every chemist you ever walked into, with supermodels adorning their boards looking down on you. What makes a woman unforgettable? A little luck. The right shade of red. Now just because you wear lipstick doesn't mean he has to. Long-lasting lip color gone dry? Kiss that goodbye. But these days, Cindy Crawford, Claudia Schiffer, Halle Berry, they don't want or need Revlon contracts. They just start the brand themselves. Kylie Jenner, Rihanna, Selena Gomez, Drew Barrymore, Lady Gaga, Hailey Bieber, they're all celebrities who've entered this competitive consumer market with their own brand of products, using the power of their image and social media to connect directly with consumers. And Revlon has been left behind. Add in over $3 billion in debt, give it six years without a profit, and you have the recipe for bankruptcy. It's Friday, the 1st of July, and today I want to know what happened to Revlon, the beauty giant, and what can we learn about the beauty industry? I'm joined by an unlikely comrade in that journey. It's Darcy Cordell, my colleague here at Equity Mates. Darcy, welcome to The Dive. Thanks, Sasha. I've got to admit, I didn't know a lot about Revlon until a few days ago, but now I'm an expert. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm always happy to share in the joy of cosmetics with a fellow colleague. So together, we're going to learn about Revlon today. Great. So I guess, first of all, my question is something that I never thought I'd hear myself say, but Darcy, tell me about Revlon. It's a 90-year-old business famous for its bright lipsticks and nail polish. I remember my grandmother having plenty of Revlon products over the years. Modern mothers may be old-fashioned on the inside, but they want to be the picture of glamour and style on the outside. It was founded in the 1930s and it built a business through the Depression and World War II. And post-war, it became one of the biggest beauty conglomerates with a number of brands and products sold in over 100 countries. Futurama, in her choice of stunning Revlon lipstick shades. In 1985, businessman Ron Perlman initiated a hostile takeover of Revlon and eventually became their chairman. And Perlman still owns 85% of Revlon's shares. 85? Wow. Yeah, 85%. Sasha, there was a pretty incredible rise and fall for Revlon's stock. It reached an all-time high of about $500 in 1998, but is now down over 99% from that level to currently sit at around $4.50. You remember this is a stock that, you know, back in the late 90s was up around 400 bucks or more, and now it's, you know, what, six, six bucks. Ouch, that is quite the fall. Quite the fall. Their sales stagnated for about the last 20 years, except for a bump in 2016, when they acquired rival cosmetics business Elizabeth Arden, but they haven't made a profit for the last six years. Unforgettable, 
Now Revlon has filed for bankruptcy. It can't afford to repay its debts. It said that it needed to help find, quote, a clearer path for our future growth. Well, I'd say if you can't pay your debts, you definitely need a clearer path for your future growth. But I guess my next follow-up question is what can we learn from that? I mean, I have my own anecdotal experience of the cosmetics industry, but what does the research say about what's happening in the industry on a wider scale? Yeah, there are a couple of factors at play here. I think Revlon's downfall shows how competitive and fast-paced the beauty sector has become. To be successful in the space, it requires a lot of investment in digital marketing and innovative products to prevent these brands from becoming irrelevant. But Sasha, the food I eat and the appliances around my house can pretty much stay the same for my whole life and I'll keep buying them. But would you agree that beauty products, customer preferences change all the time with them? Yeah, they're so influenced by what you're consuming, you know, culture, fashion, art, and then also just marketing. Like hyaluronic acid products are all the rage. All the serums out there, this is the number one in America. And, you know, if you'd gone back and told 15-year-old Sasha, like, what's hyaluronic acid? I wouldn't even known. So it's like they do have this way of making you feel like you need to get the new thing, the new product for your skin. And the experts agree with that. Stephanie Wissing, who's an analyst at Jefferies, she said that the indie brands are constantly taking risks and starting new trends. It's as if the big established companies are like a tortoise and they're racing against not one hair, but hundreds of them. Late in the century, fashion started shifting away from these bright colours and Revlon didn't adapt to that change. It caught on somewhat late to the shift toward skincare and skin health and was still really selling kind of these, you know, these color cosmetics that were changing. But it does seem like Revlon's downfall was a long, slow decline. So are there any other factors at play there? We've got to mention the pandemic. I mean, you'd know better than me, but lipstick and wearing a mask are not the greatest match. Um, You might not need to know this, but I definitely tried at least once and then ended up with most of it on the inside of the mask. It's not a great look. It's not (laughs) ideal. But we've been wearing masks intermittently for the last two years. So things like this have genuinely hurt the cosmetics industry, along with the fact that people just weren't going out as much. There used to be a term in the industry called the lipstick index and how much women were spending on makeup kind of as a proxy for the economy. And he said, we can't really use the lipstick index anymore because... Nobody can see our lips. But admittedly, the strongest players, L'Oreal and Estee Lauder, have already recovered and exceeded their pre-pandemic sales. They've developed a huge presence in the booming Chinese market and focused on skincare. L'Oreal has predicted that its revenue growth will outpace the 4-5% predicted expansion of the global beauty market this year. But in contrast, sales at Revlon, Coty and Shiseido are still languishing at pre-pandemic levels. It's so interesting you say that about skincare because I know that um, Australia's Zoe Foster-Blake has talked about that being part of the incredible rise of her go-to skincare, which leads me to my next point. She's quite a famous Australian influencer and that kind of goes hand in hand with the rise of celebrity cosmetics brands. So Kylie Jenner's Kylie Cosmetics, Rihanna's Fenty Beauty. My lifelong obsession with makeup started with watching my mom put her makeup on. You know, and then I listed, you know, a whole bunch of singers and actresses in the intro who've also put their foot into the cosmetics market. Yeah, completely right, Sasha. This is probably the biggest killer to these cosmetic businesses. Celebrity brands aren't new, but traditionally the celebrities would partner with a big cosmetic brand like Revlon, 
We've had Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Mariah Carey, Jennifer Aniston. They're just some of the names that have partnered with Revlon over the years to build cosmetic or fragrance brands. But these times have changed. Celebrities don't need a beauty giant like Revlon anymore. Although I would argue, Darcy, everyone needs a Britney Spears fragrance, just for the nostalgia. (laughs) I love Britney. (laughs) Curious, a new fragrance by Britney Spears. Do you dare? For all those names you mentioned, Sasha, they're all building their own businesses and their own brands. They might partner with the companies to make it happen, but it doesn't need to be one of the big conglomerates like Estee Lauder, L'Oreal or Revlon. Instead, they can find production partners themselves and then use their huge social media presence to promote their products. That makes complete sense to me, Darcy. A huge part of the growth in the beauty industry is coming from these disruptive celebrity-driven brands. I mean, I've got a whole drawer of Fenty cosmetics, so I'm definitely one of Rihanna's clients. But it doesn't explain to me why Revlon's core brands have failed. You said they haven't grown sales in 20 years. They haven't been profitable in six Why can't a big company like them get it done, especially when other competitors like Estee Lauder and L'Oreal can get it done? I think you can agree with me here, but Revlon hasn't kept up with trends, Sasha. But they also haven't kept up with the market. The fastest growing part of the global cosmetic market is Asia, and in particular China. Revlon was one of the first cosmetic brands to actually enter China back in 1976, but they then decided to leave in 2013. And how's this, Sasha? Between 2012 and 2019, the cosmetic industry in China doubled in size from 248 billion yuan to 425 billion yuan, or about 63 billion US dollars. Not great timing for Revlon to leave. So did they do anything about that decision? They tried to re-enter China in 2020, but that didn't coincide well with COVID. With restrictions, it was pretty tough going. And meanwhile, L'Oreal and Estee Lauder went hard in China, And for L'Oreal, it's now their second largest market. Okay, so they're losing market share to some of these celebrity brands in the Western markets. They've missed the boat on these massive growth opportunities in Asia. So we've got an understanding of what's led Revlon into this situation. And we've had a bit of a breakdown of the beauty and cosmetics industry. But... There's this fascinating story about Revlon now turning into a little bit of a meme stock because their share price is up after declaring bankruptcy. So Darcy, I want you to tell me all about that after the break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to The Dive. Today, I'm joined by my colleague Darcy Cordell and we're talking all about one of my favourite things and that's cosmetics. Um, Darcy, I'm sure you never thought that this is what you'd be talking about when you joined Equity Mates. No, but I'm loving it. (laughs) Well, before the break, we found out why Revlon has declared bankruptcy. So what happens next? When a company declares bankruptcy, they basically get a breather. The people that they owe money to need to wait and the company gets a chance to sort out its affairs or debts. It can try to renegotiate or restructure its debt or it can try to find a company to buy them out. 
If all of this fails, then the company sells itself for different parts. It clears all their inventory, sells their property and factories, and it tries to pay back as much as it can. Then if there's anything left over, the shareholders get to split up what's left. But the crazy part to this story is that Revlon's share price has skyrocketed, wait for it, 600% since the company declared bankruptcy. That feels like it's the opposite of what I thought would happen. What is going on here? You're right. This is just crazy stuff. Revlon shares have bounced around in recent days from around $1 a share to as high as $8 a share. And at $8 a share, that leaves Revlon with a valuation of $400 million. Not bad for a company that's been in bankruptcy for a few weeks. And if the bankruptcy goes through, there won't be a lot of money left for shareholders. They have over $3 billion in debt and just $2 billion in assets. So if it goes bankrupt, the assets will be sold to pay back that debt and there won't be much left for shareholders. So the stock price surge is really based on speculation rather than any change to the business. Maybe investors are more confident that by filing for bankruptcy, it might lead Revlon back to profitability eventually. It's just strange investment behaviour. A company comes out and says, we've failed, we want a break, we need to take a breather. And then all of a sudden, investors are willing to pay more for the company than they were the day before. Are they the only major company that this has happened to in recent years? They're not. The last couple of years have seen some weird things go on, especially in the stock market through a big bull run. But that time's kind of come to an end now. The US is in a bear market. I will draw parallels to car rental company Hertz. As of August 2020, the company is bankrupt in the middle of a pandemic. Like Revlon, Hertz was forced to file for bankruptcy in 2020 after they amassed enormous amounts of debt and they were unable to repay it. Funnily enough, Hertz's stock also surged after they declared bankruptcy and the company has actually since recovered relatively well. And so you're right, this is very different from Hertz, which was sort of a one-time sudden pandemic shock. But I would say don't expect a boom next year in cosmetics use like there was a surge in post-pandemic travel, as we're seeing at the moment, and also a jump in used car prices. So I used the word before, but here's the big question. Is Revlon just the latest meme stock? It looks like it might be heading that way. Mentions of Revlon on chat forums like Reddit, Wall Street, Bets have gone through the roof. Clearly, the fundamentals of Revlon's business are flawed, but some loyal investors don't seem to care. They're trying to force a short squeeze, which happens when a stock goes up really quickly and the investors who have bet on its price to fall, who are the shorters, they're actually forced to buy the stock back in order to avoid greater losses. And that causes the price to surge even higher with intense buying pressure. So you get a short squeeze. What you're describing there, that happened last year with GameStop, didn't it? High Wellful GameStop shares are shooting higher on a report by Dow Jones. Exactly right, Sasha. So over 60% of Revlon's shares are shorted at the moment, which is quite a high amount. But it's not quite GameStop yet. They had well over 100% of shares shorted. Okay, well, wrap it up for me, Darcy. Where to here for uh, Revlon? Can it return to its glory days or do I have to go and buy ultra beige cover stay makeup in bulk so I'm not stuck without it? (laughs) It's pretty difficult to see a return to the glory days. They filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. So this lets them continue trading while it works out a repayment plan. So Sasha, you'll still be able to buy some Revlon from the chemist. There is also a chance they successfully restructure the business and become more competitive with these bigger brands again. 
but they're going to have to significantly improve their marketing and stop bleeding cash. And there's also the possibility of a L'Oreal or Estee Lauder acquiring Revlon. They've got the money and they could be interested in Revlon's huge amount of brands. So basically what you're saying is that if Revlon is to recover, they're going to have to quickly find their way to being cool again. I think that's right. And I can't really see it happening. But as we said earlier, things change so fast in this industry and clearly some retail investors want to see Revlon succeed. So who knows what could happen? Who knows indeed? Well, let's leave it on that note, Darcy. Thanks so much for getting me up to speed today. And thank you for joining us for today's edition of The Dive. And if there's a story that you'd like us to talk about, then contact us at thedive at equitymates.com or come and follow us on our new Instagram page, which has the handle at thedive.businessnews. We love to have some new followers. All those details, though, if you've forgotten them already or if you're on the move, are in the show notes below. Remember to give us a five-star rating in your favourite podcast app and subscribe so that every time there's a new episode, it's right there waiting for you. Darcy, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Sasha. It looks like Revlon might be forgettable after all. (laughs) Until next time. The Dive is a product of Equitymates Media. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of The Dive acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The hosts of The Dive are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. 